Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So in any other year, I was thinking about this. You know, what a blessing for the Bucks to play all these teams without their starting quarterbacks, right? It's hard to find 32 really good players to start at that position and then you know you're you're fortunate enough to when your number comes up you're playing a team that doesn't have their starter so they're going to the backup and this has happened over and over again except for one small little problem the bucks don't seem to be beating teams that are without their number one quarterback and it's gonna happen again and maybe again they play at arizona on christmas night so we know what's happened to the Cardinals. They're just a disaster. You want to see a franchise that's really a train wreck right now? It's it's in Arizona. Um, their general manager, Steve Kime, has taken a medical leave of absence. They have an offensive line coach that was fired for groping somebody in Mexico City, whatever. Uh, but then the biggest problem, of course, is on the field where Kyler Murray tore his ACL. Things weren't going great before that. But he's out for the year. And then they bring on 36-year-old Colt McCoy, and at least you, you kind of, you know, Colt's one of these game manager types. Um, not only is he unable to beat Denver, who doesn't start Russell Wilson and scores the most points they have all season, thank you, but he gets a concussion. And so not the first guy, not the second guy, but the Bucks will likely be facing the third quarterback of this 4-10 Cardinals team. And it's former Penn State star Trace McSorley, right? Uh, who's a good college quarterback, undersized, understated, but a guy that can sort of do some things with his feet. And I remember him with Saquon Barkley. Like that, those are some really good Penn State teams. You know that, Steve, from watching them play against Michigan that mm-hmm. year. No, he was a good college quarterback. Never thought he'd be a great NFL quarterback. And of course, he's third string in, in Arizona. So, yeah. You know, decent arm, can move the feet. That always worries you as a... Look, in the NFL, you should be able to beat first-time quarterbacks or young quarterbacks as a rule if you're a good defense. Mm -hmm. But quarterbacks that can run, that you don't really have a lot of tape or film or don't know very well, that is a challenge. Right. You know, that that the, the fact that he can move his feet in the Bucks pass rush particularly since they've lost Shaq Barrett. Right. Isn't isn't what you hoped it would be this year. Mhm. That, you know, that does worry you a little bit, but it's another opportunity for the Bucks to take advantage of this. And and they haven't done it very well all year. PJ Walker, the third quarterback in Carolina. Oh, I got I got the list. This is mm-hmm. phenomenal. I mean, if you go through it, um you know, they the the quarterbacks that They've lost two that make sense, right? Or Aaron Rodgers, which was a close game with Green mm-hmm. Bay, and Patrick Mahomes, a not-so-close game necessarily. But you're exactly right. So P.J. Walker, who was no better than the third string when the year began, right? Because mm-hmm. you had 
what Baker Mayfield, you had Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so they they wind up at some point going with PJ Walker, and he comes in and is efficient. They had traded, you know, that that week I think before the Bucks played up there in, in Carolina. They traded Christian McCaffrey. They traded away Robbie Anderson, and they made a coaching change as well. And yet they went in there, and Tampa got their butts whooped by P.J. Walker. And then they go to Pittsburgh, and it's Kenny Pickett's first start. He's a rookie, right? Now Pickett, even though you know technically he did start the game, but he ended up leaving the game, I think, with concussion protocol or something like it, and. Actually, it was, you know, Mitch Trubisky who did the, the coming back and winning the game. You go to Indian, you go to the Browns, and they've played this guy in Indy before too, and Miami, but Jacoby Brissett is starting with Deshaun Watson still a couple weeks away from coming off his 11-game suspension, and Brissett does them. And then, of course, the most famous one reindeer of all uh, with the 49ers, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, becoming very relevant, beating the Bucks out in San Francisco. So it's un- unbelievable. I sound like Bill Walton. It's unbelievable. I see colors. It's unbelievable that you're getting this again. Like, and not the not not the starter, right? Not the guy that Kyler Murray can throw dimes all over the place. Not him, not the scrambler, not the backup, Colt McCoy, who's done this for like eleven seasons and just beat the Denver Broncos. No. You're getting Trace McSorley, who no one knows anything about and hasn't played all that much since he came out of Penn State a number of years ago. Um, Look, if you don't take advantage of this opportunity, right? Like the Cardinals, by definition, are 4-10. and And even though you have to travel there and you play on Christmas and all of that, this sets up as, yeah, okay, even you guys can't screw this up, right? This is not the 49ers. They may be in the same division. This is certainly, um, you know, not the kind of quality opponent that you would expect. to. They're not the Bengals. They're not a playoff team. And without their best players and not being a playoff team, you got to make some hay against the Cardinals. You really do. But it's, it's unbelievable. And there's no rhyme or reason because usually when you play a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback, you're coming after them. You're trying to put as many exotic looks, as much pressure as you can. You want to speed them up. And as Todd Bowles told me a couple of years ago when he was coordinator, he goes, look, if I can get that young quarterback to drop his eyes and watch the rush one time, one time, then I've got him. I've got him. And, and so he challenges those guys really early. Uh, you know, Kenny Pickett, before he got hurt, was 11-18 for 67 yards with a touchdown and interception. Not so great. Tabritsky came in, went 9 of 12 for 144 yards with a TD, no interceptions, and a 142-4 rating. So, unfortunately, they knocked out Kenny Pickett, who wasn't playing well, and then Mitch Trubisky beat him. Uh, P.J. Walker, you know, they were all over the map with Carolina. They, They didn't know what to do with Sam Darnold. They, you know had Baker Mayfield and, and and eventually got him in there for a while. But you know what? Walker, who was like a fourth stringer in preseason, um, with Mayfield inactive because he was on 
the you know the injured list, and so was Darnold. Both of them had ankles. Uh, you know, they ended up getting beat by the guy, and he posted his best quarterback rating against the Bucks for whatever reason. And they ran the ball all over the place, even without McCaffrey, for 173 yards, and he drove them. 80, 77, and 75 yards for touchdowns. It was the damnedest loss you've ever seen. And one that sort of started this, uh-oh, there might be more here than we're, that, that we're missing. Not too long ago, the Browns and the Bucks got together. And, of course, the Bucks lost. They had a chance to win in overtime, but they gave up a late touchdown regulation, then lost in overtime 23-17. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson, in, in a... In the other universe, one more week would have been the starter in that game. Bonafide talent at quarterback, hadn't played much. Instead, it was Jacoby Brissett's last game as a starter, and all he did was go 23 of 37 for 210 yards, touchdown, interception, four sacks, but the TD pass he threw on fourth down on the final play regulation to get the game into the overtime. So you give him a ton of credit. And then Purdy... You know, I'm, I never thought that there would be a huge drop-off between Jimmy Garoppolo and this kid who I'd not seen play. But Kyle Shanahan does such a good job of moving guys around, getting a lot of pre-snap motion, um, misdirection, you know, all of that. And Mike McDonald took it, you know, and he did some stuff with it too. But in Miami... But we saw Garoppolo, you know, go in, and he was executing it just fine. And Purdy comes and makes his first start and has done terrific because, again, played a lot of college football, gets ball out of his hands, you know, and he, uh, he's, he's been solid. He's been more than solid. In fact, in some ways, he's been better than Garoppolo. And, and the Bucks have lost to all these guys, like all these – no name, uh, no game, supposedly quarterbacks. And it's time that for a guy like McSorley, possibly making the start at Arizona, at some point you got to step up and just say, you know what? We got Brady at quarterback. We got Mike Evans. We got Godwin. We got it. We're just a better football team. Let's go play like it. You know, we got the dudes. We're better than them. And go out and hammer somebody. And Steve, if they do. This division, I was talking to somebody the other day, they could wrap this thing up not only just Sunday, but but more than likely a week from Sunday. And it's possible that the game in January in Atlanta may mean absolutely nothing. And yeah. at that point, what a luxury. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks are a game up. They're playing the Cardinals, who are, what, 4-10? and 10? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And eliminated from the playoffs. And with an, a quarterback possibly making his debut or his first time start, Trace McSorley. Meanwhile, the Falcons are at Baltimore, who needs to win. Who's got to win because they're, they're behind Cincinnati in that division. Mm-hmm. And the Lions go to Carolina, and the Lions may be the hottest team in the NFC. They're playing really well. They, they're what? They started 1 and 6. They're now 6 and 1 since. You know, if, if Atlanta and Carolina lose and the Bucks win on Sunday night. They can clinch against they're, Carolina. They're two games up with two to play. Yep. yep. One one win 
by the Bucks or mm-hmm. one loss mm-hmm. by both Carolina and Atlanta. Right. And New Orleans is also the same back, but you've got the tiebreaker against them because you beat them twice. Right, right. They're a much longer shot. Yeah. But you may go – I mean, the Bucks should win. Uh, uh, let me rephrase that. <laughs> yeah. After this season, that should. All you gamblers out there, the Bucks should win. It's not. It's not. It's not far fetched to say the Bucks go three and zero down the stretch, which is so weird because the last two games they've given up thirty five and thirty four points, and you're like, wait a minute, who are they beating again? But hey, at least they finally but, scored over twenty points this past week. They did, and I, they look good in doing it. They did it with style. Well, I I still think that. Listen, some of the teams they've lost to, right? Kansas City, mm-hmm. you know, they lost to Baltimore. Um, these are not like San Francisco. These teams are going to go into playoffs, and and one of them may well go to the bowl. Cincinnati, you know, the one you just lost. Cincinnati. To I mean, yeah, they're great. I mean, their offense is great with those, you know, those three guys, and they've even lost a you know Pro Bowl tight end to the Jets. But like, you know, there there's no easy outs here. There's just not. And I I just this is something that um I'll probably write about more. And I think I touched on it the other day was when somebody wrote a note to me about this, the entitlement. You know, Tom Brady talked the other night. That was the other thing I wanted to mention was his podcast, which is really interesting. Um but there there almost seems to be this, well, yeah, but we were world champions and yeah, but you know, we have Tom Brady. And there's almost like these expectations that people have short, short memories. After the nine, after the 2019 season, when Jameis' last season here, and he threw all those picks, and they needed a win or two, you know, to p- potentially put them in the playoffs, they ended up losing their last two games. Um, in grand fashion, won the final one against Atlanta with a pick six by Deion Jones. And at that moment, I've talked about Bruce, like walking off that field, he knew that Jameis was done. And he, it's, he still regrets it, you know, that he can get more of a chance to work with him. But you just can't throw games away. And, you know, since they got Brady, it just I think people took – for granted that, well, he's better than everybody, you know, you play. But it really is stunning to me. I've never seen a year where it lined up presumably in your favor and you not take advantage of it. Like, it's it's incredible to me. So these last couple weeks, these last three weeks, you get Trace McSorley, and he could be a problem running around, whatever, but not a good football team, 4-10 and 10 team. And then you go to Atlanta, you get Desmond Ritter, Right. And then it might not even matter, or you play Carolina. By the time you get to Atlanta, it won't matter. You play Carolina, and is it P.J. Walker again? Like who, you know, he beat you once. Sam Darnold's on the shelf. Mayfield is gone, obviously long gone. So they could win three in a row. Like as weird as that sounds, and if they do, they're 9-8 and and – they're division champions, and I've counted the banners, you know, in that practice facility. There's not that many, not that many folks since 2020 
or 2002 when they when they started the divisions and of course they won the Super Bowl that year so that was the first banner of the modern era but there's just not that many division titles and if all that matters is going to the Super Bowl well that's how you get there okay you get there by qualifying for the playoffs by winning your division whatever the record is it is what it is and there's plenty of examples of teams that got in with losing records but they won their division and then here comes one of the higher seed teams and boom they paced them Seattle did it to New Orleans. You know, it, it happens. And so I don't, you know, they haven't won anything yet. And, and the season is certainly, at, at, you know, on, at, on the rails a little bit. But it's not over, man. <laughs> like, it's a 17-week season. And the year they won the Super Bowl, they won four in a row in the regular season at the end of the season. And then they wound up winning four in a row in the postseason, including the Super Bowl. Well, if they won their final three games, they'd have what they've been lacking, which is momentum. You know? Those are, those are winnable games. And furthermore, they have to win them. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to win two of them for sure. Maybe just one, depending on how things fall. Um, but it starts with a with a very average to below Arizona Cardinals team and, and unfortunately the nation on Christmas night is going to be sub- I mean if Brady puts on a show great for everybody right but like the Cardinals as dysfunctional as they are without Kyler Murray and the Bucks as bad as they've been playing in the last two weeks giving up 35 and 34 whatever with you know with Tom Brady a shell of himself the way the way things are going I mean he's not but that's that's the way things have looked that's not an attractive national TV game on Christmas night, man. That's not what they had in mind. But it's a great opportunity for the Bucks. A great opportunity for them. It, it's as ba- like we said, as bad as this season has been. Bad's not the right word, but is maybe disappointing Choppy. or disappointing. Yeah, as not frustrating. Not to script, not to plan, not to the way you envision the season going. Right when Tom Brady came back that every goal of yours is attainable still still is i mean your goal is at the beginning of the season make the playoffs win the division how do you do that win the super division those are are your three goals at the beginning of the year you you prefer to win the division but but just make it easier just make the play win the super bowl well (laughs) that's why easy for you yeah that's why i said make the playoffs win the division win the super bowl those are your three goals going into the season right all three are right there. You're game up in your division still, even at six and eight. And at the end of the day, no one cares. Even if they go in at eight and nine or seven and ten, right? Does it matter? No. It's it's because you're exactly where you were a year ago, and and that team won twelve games in the regular season, and you're going to be standing at home with a wild card team coming here to play mm-hmm. exactly where you were a year earlier. Now the confidence. Right, uh, of fans, of themselves, of other people in the NFL might be way down. But even that doesn't matter because the one guy that thrives on people doubting him is your quarterback, Tom Brady. And no one's more comfortable in playoffs. No one's won more playoff games. No one's won more Super Bowls. Now you're on his his backyard. Now you're in his turf. Mm-hmm. Winner go home. Yeah. What's your heart rate say? The, you know? the only difference from last year is you're you're going to face the five seed instead of the seven seed in the playoffs. 
So presumably Correct. you're getting a tougher team, most likely the Cowboys. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. You know, It that, looks like it's going to be the Cowboys. But it's a home playoff game with Tom Brady as your quarterback. And, and a, a team, a team you this. beat last year, a team you beat this year. Beat them this year. Granted. A team that lost that lost, oh, should have lost to the Texans had to go in overtime to beat them, and then and then did lose to on the, Sunday to the Jaguars in overtime. To the Jaguars, folks, they gave and and forget about you know it was a pick six bounce off a guy's arms, whatever. And Dak is Dak, like that. Dak's very capable of throwing bad balls. Their defense gave up over five hundred yards. I'm here to tell you, man. Like not many defenses have would you know. Not have more pride than that. I mean, they they didn't just beat them; they creased them. You know, so all of a sudden you go, well, there's some really good players on that defense, but are they a good defense? Not when you're almost when you're fighting for your life against the Texans and and you give up over 500 yards last week. So speaking of the Jaguars, they're favored to win that division now. Is that they're, crazy? They're a game behind you? Tennessee, but they play Tennessee. But isn't that crazy? You want to know what's crazier? The Colts are four nine and one. There's a path for them to win the division. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> if, come on! If the Colts win their last three, okay, they'll be seven nine and one. Yeah, they will. If Jacksonville beats Tennessee, mm-hmm. and then Tennessee and Jacksonville both lose their other two games. They'll yeah. both be seven and ten, while the Colts are seven nine and one, and they go because of the tie. Well, yeah, but I mean they're four nine and one now, and they have a path to win a division. Gosh, <laughs> I mean it's it's it, it also goes to show you how bad Urban Meyer screwed this up a year ago. Ooh, you know, Trevor Lawrence. By the way, like I feel for the guy because what worse head coach could they have saddled him with? But like. When you talk about the Justin Herberts and some of these young quarterbacks, guess what? This dude with very limited supporting cast is right there with him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I th- I've always thought that Lawrence had the perfect temperament. Unfortunately, you know, when you're that good, you get the first pick to the worst team. But if he gets some players around him, man, watch out. Watch out. If he can have some continuity with Doug Peterson's staff and that offense and really get – Sort of, you know, dialed in. He's he's a problem. He's he's going to be he's right going to be there with all those other young guys, and they're all in the AFC. It's unbelievable. It's like every great quarterback is sitting over there in the AFC. But um, but I'm I'm big on Trevor Lawrence. I I think he's going to be great. And until he got to the NFL, I'm not sure he ever lost a football game. <laughs> so, but seriously, he didn't lose no, in high school. And I'm not sure he lost at Clemson. He lost like all. one or two outside the playoff. Is that it? Okay. Yeah, something like that at Clemson. Well, you know what? That's a pretty good record. Now all they do is lose or have lost for the last year and a half. But, um, yeah, Trevor Trevor Lawrence is good, man. He's really good. So, yeah, not all is lost if you're a Bucks fan. you got, you know, no reason to hang your heads just yet. Are they playing well? No. I think the the four turnovers and botched punt in the second half, I think you just tossed that out. I think you put that in the garbage. But you know what? You had a really good first half, really good. Dominated the line of scrimmage. Um, efficient in the passing game. Time of possession. Like, just do that again. Like, you did it once, you can do it again. Don't put the ball on the ground. Protect it, Tom Brady. 
you know. And um, and he knows it. He went on his podcast and he owned he owned all of it. I was it was kind of sobering. You know, he talked about how how he hates getting up there after losing. He doesn't know what to say and this that and the other. Um, but what he said on his podcast on Monday night was, "I now have empathy." <laughs> he has empathy. Oh, it's got to feel so good to the rest of the league. He has empathy for people who go to work and do their jobs and work really hard and don't get the result they want. And he goes, you know what? That's life, man. The sun came up. What are you going to do to make it better? You know, and it was good perspective from him to to kind of and, – and where would he have seen the other half, right? He's always been the, the team that's dominant. So, Well, as John Romano know, wrote, he's never had a losing season as a starting quarterback. It's incredible. And the NFL, man – yeah, Val. Over twenty years in the NFL, couple years at Michigan, gosh, darn. high school, never oh had a gosh. losing record as a starting quarterback. That's... So, I mean, I'm surprised there's not blood on the walls over there. But well, he's uh, they win the next three, the streak will continue. It will continue. Yeah, yep. You know, so what you love about football, man? The last month is a, is a roller coaster for sure. So. We'll be following the Bucks. They'll be out there today, later this afternoon, getting ready uh, for their game, which is uh, a critical one that they'll be hanging out, heading out on Friday, I think. Kind of sucks. Uh, a lot of guys are going to miss Christmas with their families and whatnot. I will be flying out Christmas Day as well. Not that anybody cares, but I, I will be headed out there. So kind of not a, not a short week, but a, you know, a week where when you're done on Friday with your walkthroughs, you're getting on a plane and flying all the way out to Arizona. So it's going to be, with the holidays, it'll be guys missing their kids and opening presents, and they'll have to figure out, you know, when Santa's going to visit their house. But uh, that's the business. It's the only time Brady is playing on Christmas Day, which is not, I wouldn't say terribly unusual, but still, that's a lot of seasons, you know, without him having to do that. So he'll have to navigate that somehow as well. If you want to save... Money on your electric bill? We got the answers for you. It's called May Electric Solar. Family owned and operated. They've been installing solar electric systems for a dozen years in the Tampa Bay area, as well as all over the state of Florida. In a field with all these fly-by-night companies, May Electric is committed to you for the long term. Get this. They guarantee guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Something goes wrong over the next, what, three decades. They're out there to fix it. No cost to you. Plus... Um, they give you $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the main difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Uh, plus, they don't use subcontractors. So all those guys up there on the roof, those are all really May's guys. Start saving the day. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. and schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your life. That's 727-819-2862. Okay, there was uh, another team playing, of course, and it was the Tampa Bay Lightning. Not so good in Toronto. They lose 4-1. to one. I don't know what to say about this game, Steve. Well, instead of us talking about it, why don't we just listen to John Cooper sum it up? Mm-hmm. Was it them being pretty sound tonight? And how much was it you being kind of? Uh, I don't know. I, as I said to the guys, I, I don't know what part of the game they reinvented that uh, <laughs> had us perform like that. But it was, uh, 
I don't know, note to self, don't come to Toronto three days before the game. That was painfully evident because uh, we uh, we definitely did not show up tonight. Did they do anything, though, to kind of either... No, it's the, the, same, zone it's the same team we've played in the exact same style and the exact same everything with less players. And, you know, I like... It's the NHL. I get it. There's 82 games. You're not going to have your best every single night. Um, but, you know, we started trying to manufacture things out of nothing. And then you know, we were just giving giving them opportunities. And um, we weren't, you know, everything we've talked about doing, I'm, I'm not sure we did it all tonight. So that was, uh, that was a complete game. I'll tell you that. Complete bag of you know what. That's what that one was. No, what? What is what bag of what? Um, you're gonna have a few of these in a what 82 game season? Is that what it is? Something like that? That's correct. Soon to be yeah, maybe 84. Be- They're talking about adding two games, but oh, really? To, well, it was to a two to one game. Division. They gave up a couple empty netters, so it was really a two to one game. Well, it was a two to one game, but that was only because Andre Vasilevsky was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. he was spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lightning just uh, wasn't their night. Toronto definitely outplayed them. Uh, whether Toronto wanted to make a statement, it's the only time Tampa Bay visits Toronto this year. What the hell are you? Why are they there three nights before the game? By the way, they played <laughs> Saturday night in Montreal, and then they they played uh, Tuesday night in Toronto. Now they back to back. They're going to play tonight in Detroit. So instead of flying home, they were like, well, we're already up here. So. Well, yeah, you're not going to go back, and especially with customs yeah. and everything else. You went from Montreal to Toronto. Okay. It's just a quirk of the schedule. Sometimes you get two days off in a, in a city. Yeah. Must be a lot of good things, fun things to do in Toronto, huh? <laughs> I've never been there. A lot of the guys are from there, including Steven Stamkos. So. Yeah. Treated like royalty. Were yeah. they? So now you well, get you get to rebound tonight. Of course, Brian Elliott will be in, in that against Detroit tonight. Back to back, yeah. Yeah, you had a chance to move within one point of Toronto for second in the division. You're now five back, although you do have two games in hand. So, mm-hmm. so but you I mean, know, all in all, they've been playing well. They won five in a row going into the game. So I mean, you know, if you take right. five out of every six, you're okay. Right. Right. You right. Know, but the the part I think John Cooper's frustrated with is it was just it wasn't a good effort. Like you're going to lose games. It's 82 games. Nobody goes undefeated. Yeah. But you want to you want a a good effort every night, and you know tonight, play the way you're supposed to play. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, not try to what does he said manufacture things. So you know they get a chance to go back out of tonight, and then uh, hopefully they play in Buffalo on Friday. Of course, with the weather, I don't know. Ooh, it's going to be bad. From what I hear. Yeah, so whether that game gets moved, I mean, I, I don't know anything, but mm-hmm. I would imagine the NHL is looking at that because, you know, you don't want to get stuck in Buffalo on December 23rd. Right. Not be able to get home for Christmas. Yeah, no, you're going to need you're gonna need Rudolph to get home because there's some bad snow coming. Yeah. Uh, I think most of it's... And most of it's supposed to be done by the weekend, by probably by by Christmas Day. Um, I know the Midwest is going to get hit hard, like on Thursday or Friday. Um, but they're supposed to get a lot of snow. My family's going up to Chicago, so I saw Field Yates uh, put a tweet out earlier today. Mm-hmm. Current estimates for the feels like temperature at kickoff of some of Saturday's games: Raiders at Steelers minus four, Falcons In at Pittsburgh? Ravens. Yes, feels like temperature <laughs> minus four. 
Falcons okay. at Ravens, seven. Texans okay. at Titans, five. Uh. Saints at Browns, minus nine. Oh, good Lord. Seahawks at Chiefs, minus six. Ooh. Bills at Bears, minus 11. <sighs> Those are going to be your feels-like temperatures for Saturday's games on Christmas Eve. I have been to Soldier Field many times because the Bucks were in the NFC North for a long, long time before that was the NFC Central. I brought a friend up with me one time, or a couple of times actually, uh, and this one time in particular, it was so cold that, you know, the wind off the lake and all of that, but the high that day was like six or seven degrees, and this dude sat outside, and I go, are you nuts? I said, well, I got a ticket, it'd be cool. And they, yeah, for about 10 minutes, you're in, you know, famous Soldier Field, and there's Lake Michigan, and there's the skyline. Okay, I'm good. Get out of here. And um, it was, you know, when it gets that cold, like when you get below zero or, you know, single digits or whatever, I mean, your lungs freeze, man. You can't feel any worse than that. It's just so cold. And if the wind's blowing, you know, we're just, it just reminds me all the time of like how, how blessed we are to to be like in Florida where, mm-hmm. you know, what's a bad day here, right? Like 45, like 30 on an oddball day. It just hasn't been, it hasn't been cooled off at all. Before I lived here, I lived in Minneapolis for three winters. Awful. Like I grew up in Ohio and the, you know, winters are winters and not fun, but Minneapolis. But nothing was just, like that, right? Oh, yeah. There was three mornings. Of the three years I lived, three mornings that the wind chill was 40 below. Good Lord. The airtime temperature, I think the lowest when I was there was minus 23 one morning. The actual and that's my thing about living up north. Like, I can go out here and anywhere in the south, or Florida in particular, my car could stall, die, whatever. I'm not going to perish. <laughs> I'm not going to be dead because it's so cold that I freeze to death in about four or five hours. You know, like that's not even a thought down here. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. Like if you get stuck somewhere and it's that cold, man, watch out. So I I remember uh, going to a game up there. I want to say the temperature was around 10 degrees. The wind chill was a lot colder. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were tailgating and it was awful. And we (laughs) couldn't wait for the game to begin because they played in the Metrodome. So it was like. You go you know, inside. You know, as right. soon as they open those gates, we're like, we're going inside. Forget it. We're not staying <laughs> yeah, out here, were. man. Because it was awful tailgating. Minneapolis. Oof. It's cold. It's so cold. It's colder than Chicago. It's unbelievable. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, okay, we'll get you out on this. Uh, the Rays have a, a new spring training home, of course. Theirs was uh, under some, I guess, destruction, if you will, from the hurricane down in southwest Florida. Interesting choice. Don't hate it. Apparently it's only 
a part of the spring, though. It's really only for the um, workouts. So yeah, they're going to yeah. work out at Disney World, at the Wide World mm-hmm. of Sports Complex. Right. Where the Braves trained for 20 years, 20-plus 20 years until they moved Good to while, their yeah. new place in Northport. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what it really does is it allows them to have everyone in one location, minor leagues, major league complex, all that. And then once yeah. they start playing games, the major league group will go, head to the trop to play. Then the minor league team will stay behind. That makes sense. So for the, basically a month, I think it's what, February 6th to March 1st. Yeah. Major League Spring Training will run there along with minor league spring training. There's plenty of room there. At the trop, there's not enough room to run multiple fields and all that. Right. So it's, for well, logistics-wise, it seems like the best option. Some of the spring training schedule may change a little bit. A couple of the early games may get canceled. Uh, they'll have more details in January. But Rays will train at Disney World for the first month and then head over to the trop. Uh now, will they be playing games at that time during the first month? No. I mean, the, the first couple games, February 28th-ish and stuff, may get canceled or moved. Yeah. Um, so I don't think they're going to play that the would games be, at Disney World. That would be a difficult thing because of the, you know, the, the, the traffic and having to really travel everywhere a fairly good distance except for... I mean, Leyland's the, the closest team. Closest one. And yeah, that's entirely. about an hour away. I mean... Mm-hmm. And with traffic, with Disney traffic. I mean, yeah. I went over there... When Gruden got here in 02, he more or less told the Glazers, we're going to move training camp. And they're like, why? <laughs> and he's like, well, but they were, man, I like the bonding of my players, you know what I mean? So they went to Disney, the happiest, happiest place on earth. It wasn't then because it was like walking on the sun. What's amazing about it is, and this won't be so much a problem maybe in you know February, but, um, you know, we grow, I grew up over here in, you don't realize the Gulf of Mexico, which is right here, right? You're never far from water. Um, that body of water keeps things fairly cool, even in the summer. I think it gets hot as hell, don't get me wrong. But there's a breeze, there's a sea breeze, there's some cloud cover now and again. But, man, you get over to central Florida, and some days mm-hmm. the air is stagnant, There is, and it's just hot. It's just like... You're in the middle of the state, you know what I mean? And um, it can get very uncomfortable, uh, not to mention the traffic and stuff. I spent a lot of time in that press box at that baseball stadium because that was our media room. So when we went, came mm-hmm. back from practice, we'd go upstairs to the press box. And the cool thing about it was while we were writing stories about the Bucks and Gruden and all that stuff, every day there was like a, you know, some AAU baseball tournament going on right in front of us. And I love baseball and I love youth baseball. So it was kind of a, a nice distraction, but you know, got to see great AAU players every day, um, you know, hitting and pitching and stuff like that. So I enjoyed it. I was, you know, some people get a townhouse. I went to a hotel. It's just far enough to where the honeydews are still present, right? Like if, if somebody calls you home, you're only an hour or so away, but then you got to get back in and get back over there. So I enjoyed it. I like being embedded with the team. That's what we've done as, as a newspaper. We've gone down to Port Charlotte, and Mark has spent time down there and gotten a house and all that. Maybe he'll do it in, in Disney. But, um, you know, good good save for them, given all the damages to their, to their spring training home from the hurricane. So they'll be in Orlando and, uh, you know, 
help expand some of their fan base as well. All right, so uh, I'll be at One Buck Place as the Bucks begin to prepare for their game against the Arizona Cardinals. We'll have a chance to talk to Todd Bowles again, and then Tom Brady on Thursday along with Byron Lefwich. And then Friday, they actually head out after their early practice on Friday and, um, you know, try to get out to Arizona and get acclimated and all that for a big game on Sunday. And then, you know, Christmas night, man. They are uh, they're one of the three national TV games. Probably would have been a better matchup with Kyler Murray, but at the end of the day, uh, the Bucks really need this one. they got to snap this two-game losing streak. So we'll be back to talk all about those preparations and more tomorrow on the podcast. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.